the Built for the Chase podcast. This is Dan Dowdy, your host, and uh, we have a great guest on today, Justin Carroll. He is a second-generation tradesman, grew up in the trades, has built an amazing home service company, and has it has a ton of value to share. Now he's with the P1 Service Group, which is a nation, nationwide home service company. And uh, you know, today we're gonna, we're going to talk about you know, what it looks like to grow a valuable home service company. And Justin's going to share some key tips, some key takeaways that I don't think you're going to go into to expect. Because a lot of times when I ask people, hey, what what should I do in my business to grow it to where I can sell it or make it valuable to sell? Uh, the first thing I usually hear is either membership talk or profit talk. So, uh, Justin, welcome to the show today. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Awesome. Well, as we get started, I wanted to just talk directly to the audience and just remind y'all, this podcast is all about leadership development. It's all about making, helping to make you better and the team around you better. And through that, you will grow your business. And so if you like what you hear, we'd love for you to, to hit, the, hit that subscribe button and also leave us a review because the reviews help guide our content in future episodes. All right, Justin, let's dive in. So Tell the audience more about yourself, kind of your journey to where you're at today. Yeah, gladly. Um, so my father, Doug Carroll, started Perfect Air back in 1992 uh, down in, uh, near Peoria, Illinois. In 99, I graduated high school, went to work for him. So that was about 23 years ago now. And I started Perfect Home Services in 2006 uh, out of my garage in a townhome. Um, and... Uh, just to fast forward to today, I think uh, at last count, we had close to a, a little over 250 team members at Perfect Home Services. Wow. So it's uh, it's been a wild journey over the course of the past 17 years. <laughs> I would say so. So from, from the time your dad started Perfect Air to the transition to Perfect Home Services, um, what all other services did you did you offer? Roughly about two years into the beginning of Perfect Home Services, we we added uh, plumbing. Uh, never got into electrical, haven't done that yet, but um, that was the the second trade we added and, and pretty much stopped there. Um, we, we did take sewer uh, pretty seriously mm -hmm. for quite a while and then ended up uh, ended up removing focus from sewer and, and just really focusing more primarily on HVAC and plumbing. Oh, nice. Okay. All right. And, and you know, as I was looking through, you know, the, the P1 service group, can I take the audience through what happened there from going from perfect home services, just solely doing that to now you're part of P1 service group and your nationwide home service company. Take the audience through kind of what, what took place there for you. Yeah. So the last couple few years, uh, I've had a lot of conversation with a lot of different contractors around the country about what's happening in our space. And um, you've probably got to be living under a rock if you haven't noticed the, the private equity involvement in our industry. So, you know, and, and really every town in America, every, every large city has at least one, if not multiple large companies who have all sold to or partnered with private equity. Mm -hmm. And outside of those people who have already partnered up with them, 
I've had conversations with people all over the country as well of varying sizes. And I recognize that I really don't know anyone who didn't, who hasn't either already partnered with a private equity firm or doesn't plan to do it within the next few years. I really don't know anyone who has said to me, I, I'm just not going to do that. I'm not going down that path. And so to me, the writing was, was on the wall. I'm, I'm, uh, somewhat of a visionary. Mm -hmm. And, um, to me, this looks similar to what the hardware store industry did. You know, 20 years ago, it was small mom and pop hardware stores in every corner, like the heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical businesses were. Mm -hmm. And today you've got a handful, you've got your Lowe's, you've got your Home Depot, you've got your Menards, uh, and you've got your aces, which pretend to be small local shops, but really we all know they're a national company, right? So um, it became pretty clear to me at that time that that this whole industry was folding up similar to the hardware store industry, but where the hardware store industry is different is they didn't do it through acquisition. They really just did it through organic growth, just building a strong business model and dominating a market. And unfortunately, the small shops in town couldn't compete and were forced to close their doors. And I felt like that's what was happening in our industry. I've started to recognize it over the past few years. And at the beginning of 2021, I committed to the idea of partnering with, uh, you know, an equity group mm -hmm. so that I didn't become one of those hardware stores that ended up having to shut their doors. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to get ran over by them. And so I felt like if you can't beat them, you got to join them. Yeah. And so beginning of 21, uh, started to talk to as many private equity groups as I could uh, to tell them about us and to learn about them. Also, at the same time, started to talk to as many contractors as I could around the country who had already done it or were navigating the process to try to learn everything I could about that world to make sure I made uh, the right decision with you know what I'll refer to as my baby, Perfect Home Services. Yeah. And, um, you know, through that process, uh, one thing started to become fairly clear to me. I was always reading between the lines and uh, studying body language and listening to tone of voice as I'm having these conversations with, with the groups. And, and it seemed pretty clear to me that although they were telling me what I wanted to hear, their tone of, their tone of voice, their body language, and their responses to some of the conversations that we had were all pointing towards the fact that their their primary focus was really profit. When I would share what I felt to be behind the success of, of Perfect Home Services, it never felt like it was satisfying for them to hear and they were looking for a different answer. And that gave me great concern. Yeah. Uh, so when, it, when, when asked that question, the response was typically the culture of the business, caring about people first, focusing on enhancing lives more than anything else and letting profit be the result of what we do, not the focus of what we do. Mm. And just really focusing on caring about people and culture. When I would share that with the private equity groups, you know, I'd, I'd kind of get like these blank stares and maybe a nod for a little bit. And then, you know, be like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's good. And, but, but really like we're, we're you know, how you grow in this thing, where's the profit coming from? And, and um, that told me that they weren't getting it. And if they weren't getting it, I was very concerned that they would ruin the fantastic things that existed in the, in the company. I couldn't possibly do that. Oh, uh, yeah. 
So um, along this journey, um, someone came to me that initially when I entered into this space and started to interview people, I would have said that this person in this group wasn't going to be a fit because they didn't have anything going on. They didn't have any resources to bring to us to help us to grow. Mm -hmm. um, they didn't have any other companies in their portfolio. And initially, I didn't think that's what I wanted. But as I started to walk down this path, I recognized that I couldn't really find trust in the people that existed in the industry. And so started to feel like maybe we'd be better off building our own. Mm -hmm. um, at the time, I had a, uh, a business coach who was one of my best friends. Uh, his name is Jeff Belk. He, uh, he grew and ran a very successful, uh, one of the largest companies in the Denver market, uh, which is Plumline Services. He yeah. was uh, he was a business coach and uh, of mine and and best friend. And I kind of reached out to him on a whim and asked, you know, if if by chance, you know, <laughs> this group that I recently talked to is interested in letting us run a national platform, would you be interested in that? Yeah, you know, yeah. if we could do it the right way with a pure motive, one that would that would make God proud of what we did, would you be interested in joining? And he said, oh, I'd consider it. And so what started off as, uh, you know, just a, a really random phone call uh, with a with a private equity partner, which was uh, which was River Sea. And the name of the person that reached out was Jake Meister um, and, a, and a call to a good friend of mine and a, and a, and a business coach of mine um, turned into something extremely special. I never would have guessed that that's what was going to happen. But that's that's what happened. And so um, November of uh, 2021. We officially uh, closed the deal with Perfect Home Services, uh, River Sea, as well as Edgewater mm -hmm. uh, funds. And um, the agreement was that they'd give us an extremely high level of autonomy to run this run this business the way that we saw fit. Yeah. And so from that point, we uh, Jeff and I spent a few months getting Perfect Home Services prepared to operate without me in the business. Uh, we spent a couple few months building out our corporate team and um, the corporate team that we built, I feel is extremely noteworthy. Uh, we've got several industry titans on our team, uh, including Jeff, Dan Friesen, uh, Lisa White, Dee Hammonds, and uh, really just everyone on our entire team. I can honestly say keeps me on my toes every day because I am I am working with a team of rock stars. <laughs> and when you're when you're working on people who chase excellence every day, they keep you on your toes. So we built out an amazing corporate team. Uh, we started to build out our, you know, our name, which is P1 Service Group. Yeah. P P1 stands for people first. We built our mission, which is we value people first and enhance lives. Um, we also like to say, as a side note, uh, we enhance lives. It just so happens we also do heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical work. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, built out our values. And then really, it was a few months ago, we felt like we had the right structure in place to start adding partners. And so uh, we started meeting with contractors around the country and uh, telling them what we were all about, what, what our what our mission was, what our values were, and what they could expect from us. And so far, we've had uh, three companies join the P1 uh, family. Uh, that'd be Essig and McHale's in Pennsylvania and Sky out in Oregon. And uh, all three of those companies are very well run, very re well respected business. And uh, we're we're in conversation with about 
15 more at the moment, just trying to find the right fit and the right people to add to our family next. And that's, that's where we are today. Justin, thank Yeah, that's, that's incredible, man. Congrats on that success that you have there. And I, I wanted to rewind a little bit because we value people first and enhance lives. Um, I want to talk about that. You mentioned that was your mission. And what I do here at Bill for the Trades is help people establish what I call their vision tools. And a mission statement is one of those things. So you kind of dissect that a little bit because there's so many times when I'm talking with people in the trades, talking with business owners, we get so focused on numbers and we get very numbers driven. And a lot of times we can, in doing that, can sometimes forget about the people. So uh, kind of dissect that. We value people first and enhance lives. Um, how you came up with that, kind of what led to that, and then and then more about what that means for P1 Service Group. So where it all began, I think, was about five or six years ago, I almost filed bankruptcy at Perfect Home Services. And uh, that was a result of poor leadership. That was a result of caring about myself, being far too selfish as a human and, and as a leader. And in hindsight, I would just tell you, I really just didn't get what true leadership looked like. And, and um, I would also say that uh, I started on a journey with God at the same time, and, and I started to recognize my weaknesses as a leader. So um one of the glaring problems in my life was was selfishness and and I started to recognize that I needed to change that and um as I started to walk down that path in my personal life and in my business life everything around me just naturally started to get better <laughs> and and uh that wasn't necessarily the reason I did it and I don't think anyone should should change uh because they want financial gain as a result. That's the wrong reason. Mm -hmm. But for pure reasons, I started to shift my focus and starting to care about other people first, rather than caring about myself first. And, and it was like all the chips just started falling into place. And one of the things I did at that time was building a, a personal and business mission statement. I had those things before, but they weren't real. They were all, they were all fake. They became very real at that time. And my my personal and business mission became to enhance lives. I recognized for me that there was there were very few things on this entire planet that made me feel better than 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 helping people to live a better life. And so um that's where the idea of enhancing lives began. It kind of morphed out of that. And then it became the mission for myself and for perfect. And and uh, when I met Jeff um, and, and he entered the equation to do some coaching, we had great alignment around that idea. He, he firmly believed and felt in, uh, the same concept. And, and so the two married, our beliefs married up very well together when we brought that into perfect and into P1. Mm, man, that's good. You and I have a lot in common now that I hear your story. Uh, I, I followed a very similar path to success, at least what the world calls success. And um, and I can really relate to what you're saying, because, you know, with God first and and and, and learning the right way to lead, lead in that servant leadership, you learn that it's not about you. 
It's about your team. It's about the, about the people around you. It's about your faith. It's about your family. There's just so much more to life than just making money. And I'm glad you shared that with me. It's pretty awesome. And, you know, so for anybody out there listening, who's a young entrepreneur, somebody wanting to, to start their own business already has their own business going. I mean, you and I've been doing this over 20 years, so we have a little bit of experience we can share with the next generation. Um, like if you're talking directly to them, Justin, like what's one thing that you learned in that on that journey that you wish you would have known 10 or 15 years earlier when you started up your company um, that you learned just five years ago? Like what can you share a tip with our audience there? Yeah. And and certainly can't get through it all in one podcast. But um, <laughs> I think if we start at the beginning, you know, where where do I begin if I if I want to grow a great company? Mm-hmm. You know, it 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 is it is kind of starting with why, what is your mission? And I think it's it's really critical that you choose a mission that is in no way say shape or form selfish. It, it should be a selfless mission that can live on forever. Um, and Simon Sinek, you know, start with why he's there's a great book there. Um, if you want to figure out help help figuring out what your mission should be and and how to properly draft that, I have a personal preference related to missions that uh, I think they should be kept very short. You know, one sentence is is my preference. Mm-hmm. I like that for two reasons. I I like it because uh, it's easy for people to recite and remember, and if it's relatively vague, it leaves room for uh, for people to make it their own. Mm-hmm. I think if it's if it's has too much detail around it, it could actually be limiting for you and your company. Uh, that's just a personal preference, but I I like a a one sentence mission. Okay. Um, you know, going if, once you understand why you're doing what you're doing, and 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 you're doing something that can live on forever, mm-hmm. and and that has a pure motive behind it, and it's selfless. I think leadership and culture. And I mentioned the two together uh, on purpose. I think leadership and culture make the biggest difference in a business. And uh, with great leadership, if you have amazing leadership in a business, you have an amazing culture. If if your entire business is full of great leaders, you have a great culture. I don't know that it's even possible to have great leaders and not a great culture because great leaders will lead in such a way that people love to follow them. Hmm. That's good. That's good. So you're already kind of sharing where, where, where we're going a little bit. So um, we were talking about, you know, where you started and and where you're at today. And whenever we were kind of pre-game on this podcast, I, 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 was, I was like, let's dive in a little deeper. Like, let's talk to these people who are out every day running their home service business, uh, running their trades business. And they're not quite sure if they want to sell or not, but let's just assume that a lot of us probably want to sell eventually uh, and move on to the next chapter of our lives. But, you know, I asked you a question during our pregame, you know, what's one step our audience can take right now to start building a more valuable business? And like I said, when we started, I thought you were going to say, oh, you need to get X amount of thousands of members or you need to make your profit 20% net or something like that. Something I normally hear from people. Uh, But you shared something that was so different. So go ahead and share that with the audience, that one step that you feel like can make a positive impact and make their business more valuable moving forward. 
I know, I know the people on the podcast can't see this right now, but I'm smiling because what you just said is the exact reason we ended up where we are. Okay. <clears throat> you know, people, people know, and they hear like, I got to have so many members. I got to have good profit. I got to have these KPIs in order to sell my business. Mm -hmm. And while all of that stuff is true, if you focus on that stuff first, you're not going to get that stuff. <laughs> That's my perspective on it. Mm -hmm. um, it, it. It's 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 what I think private equity has gotten backwards too. Let's focus on profit. Let's focus on partners. Let's 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 focus on our KPIs. And the reality is, if you're focusing on those things, I don't think you will achieve those things efficiently. You have to focus on the people and leading them properly and caring about them so that you can achieve those things. I think those things are a result of focusing on people. Um, so an analogy I like to use is with great leadership and great culture, you're driving a speedboat. You can turn on the dime when you need to turn on the dime. And I feel it's critical in this business to be able to change quickly and efficiently Mm -hmm. Great businesses in this industry, the industry, the businesses that are growing exponentially, they're growing 100% year over year. They have a culture of change and, and everyone in the business is comfortable with change to the point at which if they need to shift gears, if they need to turn left, instead of turning right, they can turn fast. So when you've got a team of people who feel cared for and you ask them to turn left today instead of turning right, they're absolutely going to turn on a dime for you. And if you've got a team of people who don't feel cared for and they don't like the, they don't love the company they're working for. If you ask them to turn left, it's like trying to turn the Titanic around. It's going to take an hour. And, um, I think that's the big difference between, um, a company that grows exponentially is, is one that, uh, and, and does it in a sustainable way. It's the one that cares about their people and focuses on their people first rather than focusing on the KPIs, the KPIs end up being the result. Man, that's good. Yeah, that's good. I just want that to sink in. The KPIs are the result of focusing on your people. And uh, yeah, when you were talking about, you know, you, you had mentioned that if you focus on your KPIs first, you won't uh, achieve what it is you want to achieve efficiently. So I want to break that down a little bit because if you focus on your KPIs, you may achieve those, right? But the the turmoil you leave in the wake, I think, is that efficiency part. Like if you have high turnover and people are always trying to backstab you and embezzle money from you and uh, nobody likes working there and, you know, all these things are going on. You forgot about the important piece of the values and the people and the mission first, letting them produce the results that you want to produce in the KPIs. I love that. That's such a. When I think about a legacy, I think about a good name is better than great riches. And I, it doesn't mean you can't have both, right? It, but I think if you just focus on the great riches, you for, you lose that good name. And I never want anybody to talk about Dan and say, you know, he, he's got a lot of money, but, you know, he's a real jerk. You know, he cheats people. He doesn't keep his word. He's not a good guy in the trades. Like, if that that's the last thing I would ever want for my legacy, and um, so that's inspiring. To, you know, I, I really appreciate you sharing that. And so when it goes back to the one thing that 
that we talked about earlier, uh, not in the pregame earlier, but the one thing that that we feel like is a good step for anybody listening, running a trades business, uh, wants to make their business more valuable. What is that one thing they should do? I I would say start with start with leadership and culture. Okay, that that is where your focus should be. Start start with you, the person you look at in the mirror every day. Because okay. that's the one thing you have full control over. You don't you don't fully control anything other than yourself, really. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a blessing and a curse. But <laughs> you have full control over you. It starts with you, and you need to start becoming a better leader. And and hey, by the way, while you're figuring all that out, and that's a never ending pursuit. Yeah, you will never be a perfect leader. So, so your job is never done there. Um, you can also share with everyone else in your company how to become a great leader. You can share with them what you're learning along the way. That's good. Yeah. Leadership's influence. So sitting down, literally sitting down with a piece of paper or a whiteboard, you could write down some of the qualities that you want to see in your leaders, right? Honesty. You may want to see preparation, being on time, looking presentable, uh, communication, all those things. You could just literally brainstorm a whole list and then you could just look at it and just make it a mirror and just say, am I doing these things right on a scale from one to 10, each area, 10 being the best, how am I doing in these areas? That's a great place to start. But there's one more thing that you, you talked about. Um, and, and it was about leadership training, weekly leadership training. I, yeah, I've been doing this for a lot of years and I work with a lot of people and a lot of leadership teams and I help them establish systems. And one of the systems I help them establish is a is a weekly leadership meeting where we look at our weekly scorecard and we talk about our quarterly goals and we make sure the company's on track. We look for any any kind of flags that are telling us we should work on 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 different areas that may be dipping in the company. But you were talking about actually a leadership training, which I think is something completely different than the regular leadership meeting. So tell our audience a little more about how, you know, what is a leadership training to you and, and, and kind of, you know, what's involved in that? Yeah. Great question. Um, you know, again, first and foremost, I think it's, it's critical as the leader of a company that you, you are, you got to remember you're always, you're always in the spotlight and people are always watching even when they're not watching somehow they're seeing what you're doing so <laughs> you, you absolutely have to lead by example and um and if you're not doing a whole lot currently to grow as a leader you're probably making a lot of leadership mistakes currently and people are probably aware of those mistakes um my personal opinion is to have the humility to share where you you have failed as a leader, um, and commit to people that you're you're working on that failure as a leader, and and it's important to you that you become a better leader to them, because um, it can kind of be scary to start on this journey. You you start on this journey and, and you start to read these books and you realize you're making all kinds of leadership mistakes yourself, <laughs> and so who the heck's going to want to listen to you to lead a leadership training uh... if you know you're not a perfect leader to begin with? <laughs> And so, so I think a lot of people get stuck and don't take any action because they're like, man, I've got a lot of work to do on my own before I can kick this thing off. Yeah. Who's going to want to listen to me? And so I think that's also the most dangerous thing you can do is not to take action right now. 
And so, so how does that work? How, how can you kick this thing off? If you know very well, you're not a perfect leader and you don't know everything about leadership. Well, start by saying, guys, I know I'm not a perfect leader, but I want to be. And that's my mission from this day forward. And I'm going to start working on improving myself. And I'm wondering who wants to join me. Mm. And so who wants to learn about leadership together with me and grow as a leader with me in this organization? Who's Who would be interested in doing such a thing? And um, I also think it's important that we invite anyone and everyone who has any interest in, in, in learning. I think it's important that we remind people often that um, that you don't have to necessarily want to be in a leadership position to attend this training because being a great leader is pretty much the same thing as being a great human being. And so um, what we did at Perfect Home Services, what, when we started on the journey and, and constantly forever thereafter, we remind people, come join us, come learn about leadership, become a better human. We're all working together. We're all imperfect, just trying to learn this whole leadership thing. And so if you go into it with the idea that you're not perfect today, you're never going to be perfect, but the pursuit of perfection will never end it's safe to get started right now. You don't have to wait. And so that, I think that's step one. Yeah. And then, and then being very intentional about growing leaders in the business. And so how do you become very intentional about something? You have to dedicate the time to it and never miss that time for any reason. Don't let stuff get in the way. It happens at the same, same day, same time, every day of the week, we're going to meet together here in this room um, I think it's important to set whatever expectations are important to you for that leadership training. Uh, for me, one of the things was, you know, if you want to come in here and, and never talk, I'm, I'll, I'll be okay with that, you know, just, but here's the thing. You can't come and go whenever you please either be all in or all out. I want to see you here either every week mm. or I don't want to see you here. And so if you leave for a while, because you've got something going on in your life, this doesn't work for you. That's okay. You can come back. Just don't be in and out. Don't do that to anybody here. Take this seriously or don't, don't get involved. And so that's where, for us, that's, that's really where, where it all began. It was an invitation. It was admitting that we weren't perfect, that we were going to take this journey together and learn together and grow as leaders together. And it was going to be at this date and time, and we weren't going to miss it. And uh, whoever was on board could join us. Um, and we've had some truly amazing results come from that time we spend together. As I say in that room, every week that I'm able to attend still here today, um, it's some of the most valuable time I spend in a week. I mean that. Uh, I am growing and the people in the room are growing. At times, people are crying. At times, people are pouring their heart out and sharing things that they've never shared with anyone in their life. Uh, but we have had such amazing breakthroughs in that room. We've grown leaders in that room. Um, and I can honestly say without, I didn't necessarily start that program uh, because I thought that we needed it in order to grow. But what I recognize today is there's no way we could have done three years of 100% growth year over year had we not have had that training program in place. We wouldn't have had the leaders that we would have needed to continue that growth pattern. Mm. Yeah, it's amazing how, uh, you know, hearing it from you or a leader in the business and then reading it in a book it's it's two different things too sometimes right because the credibility is just it just looks a little different it's coming from somebody else it's kind of like hiring a coach and hearing it from your coach it's just coming from a different perspective or a different person 
it hits home a lot more. And so that's why I love how the books are implemented in what you do. And, um, and going back to you, you, you were very specific about, hey, look, the leadership training is great. Doing it weekly is great. Making sure people that attend don't just come in and out often. I think about consistency, right? I think about, uh, you know, if you commit to this, doing what you say you're going to do and follow through with it. Uh, there was a time in my career, if I just fast forward or rewind um, 10 or 15 years ago, where I was growing a business. I was... Um, successful from the money standpoint and the KPI standpoint, but I had a really hard time getting a lot of my team to buy into the changes that I wanted to make as a leader. And I felt like I was just banging my head against the desk wondering like, man, why does this team not want to adapt? And what I found was it was due to my inconsistency and my follow through. And so why, you know, if you think of, you know, when I'm thinking about my experience, I, I had to learn that, hey, if I'm going to commit to doing something, I got to be 100% in and I have to lead the example and I have to get more than two or four weeks down the road and actually continue to do it. You know, so as you're thinking about starting this in your own business, realize that you, you may you may start with one other person, you know, and the reality is nobody else buys in because, it could be due to a product of your leadership, right? It could be due to your um, your track record, you know? And, um, and so really don't let that, I guess what I'm trying to get to is don't let that discourage you as you move forward. And I'm talking directly to the audience. Don't let that discourage you as you move forward with this leadership training. I'm talking to somebody who's built up, spent a lifetime building up a home service company, has sold it, is, has a nationwide home service company network that he's working in. And he's sitting here saying that one of the most valuable things you can do is start developing leaders and doing that through weekly trainings and doing that through reading books uh, and doing that through getting vulnerable and sharing. Uh, you know, if somebody asked me, hey, Dan, how do I get my team vulnerable? How, or how, why aren't they transparent with me? And I say, hey, it's easy. Stand up, in the, stand up in front of the room and you be vulnerable and you be transparent. And that literally knocks, like breaks the walls down. And people realize that, wow, that, you know, he's not perfect or she's not perfect. And uh, though, like you said, we're, we're all striving to be better. And I also like to, to just say that leadership is not a destination. There's no pinnacle of leadership. There's no like, Look at me. I'm on the mountaintop of leadership. To me, leadership's a lifetime journey. And if you ever stop that journey, life to me is boring. Like we, we wake up every day to just be one step better than we were the day before. And I think when people realize that it kind of takes off the pressure of like, man, why can't I be like Justin? Or why can't I be like, you know, somebody else or Dan or anybody else? The reality is, is we're still no normal guys waking up every day to be better than, than, you know, the day we were before. And if we do that, our team's going to follow suit. And uh, so, Justin, is there any any books that you recommend that people you you mentioned? Start with Why by Simon Sinek. Anything else that you really enjoy that people could uh, jot down and add to their book library to either read or listen to? Yeah, I'll I'll give four of my favorites in no particular order. I'm intentionally going to start with with one because something that you said triggered triggered uh, this thought in my mind. Yeah. Um, it's Extreme Ownership by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. Um, what you said that triggered that in my mind had something to do with leaders wondering why their team won't 
dot, 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 whatever it may be. Why is my team not this? Why is my team not that? Why is my turnover so high? Everything rises and falls on leadership. And so I'm going to get in your face like Jocko would if he were standing next to you right now. And he'd say, it's your fault. That's why <laughs> it's your leadership <laughs> that has led you to this outcome. Your people aren't doing it because you're not doing it. You're not modeling it for them. Are you being entirely transparent with them? Mm. If you're not getting transparency in return, I promise you're not being transparent enough with your team. If you're not seeing the things you want to see in your business, look in the mirror first. Mm. You have to model it. And, and you can't just do it once for a day. It takes time. The 14th time people hear something for the first time, the 14th time you do something, they finally start to think maybe that's how that person really is. <laughs> you can't just do something once. And you said something about consistency too. Man, yeah. is that such a valuable lesson? I mean, that's just a life hack in general, consistency. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you look at you look at, at anyone in, in this world and what their goals are and why they're not achieving them. And consistency is plop, probably playing an enormous role almost guaranteed, you know, so, so you've got a person with, with a, a body goal or, or a health goal, they want to be a certain amount of weight, or they want to have certain size arms or whatever it may be. Is it because they don't understand what they need to do to get there? Or is it that they don't do the work consistently that needs to be done? Look, what percentage of America is obese? <laughs> Why is that? Because we don't understand that sitting on the couch and eating Cheetos uh, are, are, is what's going to get us to our goal. No, we, we know that diet and exercise is what we need to do if we want to be in good shape. And I don't know many people who would tell you that they don't want to be in good shape. So mm -hmm. it's, it's that consistency. And that's what almost killed my business too, was a lack of consistency. Mm -hmm. So um, sorry to go off on a tangent there, but that, that was definitely one of the more valuable lessons I learned um, coming out of my path to failure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we nailed down extreme ownership and start with why any other books that you recommend? Yeah. 21 irrefutable laws of leadership by John Maxwell. Mm -hmm. Good to great by Jim Collins and the seven habits of highly effective people by Stephen Covey. Those are amongst uh, my favorite books on leadership. Love it. I love it. And so those are all books that um, that we have read as a group on our leadership training and had discussions about throughout that process. These books always are in rotation in a, in a given year. We might even hit these same books twice in a year. Um, I One thing that I, I, this is just a personal feeling, but um, I feel like there are some people out there who are just always looking to consume a new book to their detriment. You haven't implemented half the stuff you learned in seven habits. You haven't implemented half the stuff you learned in, in these great books. And I found these books to be amazing, these particular books. Yeah. And I feel there's far more value in going over some of these great books over and over and over again, and just becoming more and more and more aligned with what they teach you than it is to just have a book of the month club and read a thousand books one time. I'd rather read four over and over and over again for the rest of my life. Hmm. That's powerful. That is awesome. Well, Justin, thank you for hopping on here and sharing this stuff. Um, just kind of recap everything. You know, we you take us on the journey where you're at today, and there was a big transformation in your life. And I I, and I, I share that same uh, story in realizing that it's not about us as a leader. It's really about our team and investing in our team first, and then letting the results speak for themselves to the KPIs. And 
you know, what you share with me today and the audience today is so valuable because a lot of times we get caught up on the KPIs when it comes to what does it take to make my business valuable? Like, what is it going to take to make me make somebody want to buy my business? And the reality is, is you stepping away from your business, it should be better or it should be just as good, if not better than where than when you were there. And that's really in doing that as telling you that you are truly build, building leaders in your business. And I, I think a lot of people think different. They think that, you know, if I leave this business, it's going to fail. Well, that's a problem. That means you're not developing leaders. That means you're not reproducing your knowledge at other people. That means there's not that consistency there that needs to be to make that business valuable. And I can totally see how, how if you're investing or partnering in a company, the owner's not always going to be there, right? And a lot of times the owners get checked out. So you want to make sure that there is a leadership team there that is bought in, that is pushing that company forward and leading and doing it well. Um, and these leadership trainings every week are great. And I, I, I start to see it as it's not a book club, right? We're reading a book and we're learning together, but really it's a mastermind group because, you know, we're all coming in there, sharing some of the knowledge we learned in the book. Then we're applying it to our day-to-day -day operations or our family life or our faith or our friends or whatever it is. And you mentioned somebody crying during it. Like people are sharing something they've never shared before. It doesn't happen on the first session, by the way, right? That takes time. Like that takes maybe six months to a year of consistent building up to where they realize like, wow, I can trust Justin. And wow, we are showing up every week. And man, this is a great space for me to learn. And, and people are a product of our leadership, you know, and just like you talked about. So uh, in closing, anything else you want to share with the audience? Um, one thing you, you mentioned earlier, I know there are some private equity groups that are looking to purchase companies and hopeful that an owner will exit. And then there are others that want the owner to stay. So mm -hmm. I would just say in general, um, if you look to partner with someone in the future, that doesn't necessarily mean you have to sell and exit. I know for us in particular, if, if we feel the owners are going to exit, um, the next question is, is there an amazing leadership team in place that can do as good or better than the prior leader did. And so for us, we recognize the value in leadership. We'd never buy a business that we that we recognize that an owner was leaving and and all the right people weren't in place to to take the baton and run with it after that person left. And preferably we'd we'd buy businesses only that the owner was planning on staying on for the long run and help and we'd all grow together in the future. Mm. That's good stuff. If anybody's looking to reach out to you at uh, P1 Service Group, where do you want to point them to? You could probably shoot me an email, uh, jcarroll at p1servicegroup.com. Uh, Carol is spelled C-A-R-R-O-L. Awesome. Well, Justin, thank you again for coming on the show and, and sharing this amazing knowledge with our audience. Uh, if you like what you hear, we'd love for you to subscribe and to leave us a review but also, if you love what you hear about leadership and you want to find some free tools that we offer here at Built for the Trades, just go to builtforthetrades.com. Uh, we have live training workshops. We have free tools. We have a, a free tool called Discover Your Next Leader. Um, and it's a simple 10-point questionnaire that allows you to uh, look for that next leader in your business, somebody that you're going to invite to your leadership training, right? And it also is a good check, check in for yourself and your leadership, looking in the mirror, making sure that you're doing those things. So once again, Justin, thank you. Uh, thank you all for listening and have an amazing day. It's been an honor. Thank you. <laughs>